Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's the first time I've seen you uh, this morning. So, yeah, hope you're doing well. I'm really excited to be able to share uh, this message around Saul and David for you this morning. It's called, as you can see on the screen, Expect the Unexpected. Now, I've got a little bit of an anniversary to share with you. Uh, 30 years ago today, me and Jackie and a whole load of other Christians from Tabs in Panath went on a, a trip to Poland. Well, it was a sort of trip. It was a sort of mission trip to Poland. We went all that way. Uh, one minibus was full, filled full of supplies, and the other minibus was full of people that were ready to do ministry, uh, evangelism, uh, do practical things for people as well. So that's a, an anniversary for me and Jackie. 30 years ago, we weren't dating, we weren't courting, we sort of knew each other. I, I've got to be honest, I sort of have my eye on her. I don't know if she had her eye on me, but uh, when we went to Poland, something happened that we didn't expect, that we would uh, fall in love and we'd get together and we'd be together still 30 years later. We never, ever knew that we would end up in Bethel in Ponteclean 30 years later, but how do you ever know where it is that God is going to lead you and God is going to take you? But that was 30 years today we left Panath to go on this amazing journey, this amazing adventure all the way to Poland and back again um, 30 years ago. So expect the unexpected. And I have to say that uh, what I've read and what I've understood about David is that David's life was full of the unexpected, full of things happening, full, full of being taken to places that he just did not dream, believe, or imagine that was going to happen. And I guess that may be true for you as well, that so many things that you expect don't happen and so many things you don't expect do happen. But you know, the key for David is that he, he kept his eyes on God. He kept his heart open to God and he worshipped before him with all of his might. We read in 2 Samuel 14 that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And I, I guess in this time where we, we can't sing, but we can still dance uh, and we can dance before the Lord with all of our might. In 1 Samuel 13, uh, verse 14, uh, it says that David was a man after God's own heart. This was who David was. He was a man after God's own heart. You see, it's not about knowing what's going to happen because so much of life is unknown, so much of life is unexpected, and so much of life is unplanned. But David got his relationship with God right on the mountainside. He got his relationship with God right when he was tending the sheep, when he was up there with his musical instruments, and he was just connecting with Father God, worshiping and praising him in his particular way. There were three things that David didn't expect. And we're, we're uh, week three on our series on the life of David. The first thing that David didn't expect, he didn't expect to be anointed as king. You know that the day when Samuel arrived at the house and said to Jesse, as Meg preached a few weeks ago, uh, I, I need to see your sons because one of them, God is going to anoint as king. You know when, when the news came through that Samuel was coming, no one thought to ask David because David was just the, the, the little boy that was on the mountainside looking after the sheep. David wasn't expecting to be anointed as king, but God was looking for something. 
God was looking for, for a particular type of person to anoint as king, to, to use and to t- take things forward. Um, and that particular thing was that he was looking at the heart. He wasn't looking at the outward appearance. He was looking at the heart. And for you and I, uh, and for David, he wasn't expecting to be anointed as king that day, but God was looking at the heart. You might have a great outward appearance, you might have been doing a lot of extra walking, or uh, you might have been doing a lot of extra exercise. The statistics tell us, don't they, that actually during lockdown, our outward appearance has probably got a little bit worse. Uh, we've got a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit larger. We've eaten a little bit too much comfort food. Uh, last night, I had big Sam's down in Ponticline, and it was lovely, but it, it, it was a whole load of food. So, uh, yeah, lo- lockdown uh, belly is probably something that we're all going to suffer with. But you know what? It's about the hearts, and it's about connecting your heart with God and, uh, and not worrying too much about your outward appearance. So he didn't expect to be anointed as king, and they brought him in, and Samuel said, here is the one that I'm going to anoint. You see, David didn't expect to have to fight Goliath. So many things in our lives happen that we don't expect. David wasn't expecting to fight Goliath. Uh, David went, didn't, didn't he, to the battle lines. As Chris shared with us last week, he went to the battle lines, and I think he was taking some cheese sandwiches to his, brother, his brothers, and it was like, what's going on? What's this bloke shouting about? What's going on in this place? David didn't expect that day to be fighting Goliath. But as we know, um, David stepped up to what God called him to in that moment, in that season, and he stepped into that purpose and plan that God had for him to do that particular thing. And then when David was anointed as king, when David had killed Goliath, he went, oh, well, my life's going to be great now, isn't it? Well, actually, his life continued to get harder, tougher, more difficult. But his confidence and his trust was totally in God, uh, in Father God. And we, we see, don't we, in, uh, and you can write this down and you can uh, read it. 1 Samuel uh, 18 verses 10 and 11 and 1 Samuel 19 verses 9 and 10. On three occasions, Saul tries to kill David. Three occasions, and I was reading these passages, and I was trying to get my head around it. Three times Saul tries to kill David. You see, Saul is extremely jealous that God's hand is upon David. And rather than Saul going to God, what Saul does is he tries to destroy the thing that's in the way. He's jealous of David. And three occasions, David is playing his harp, and Saul throws a spear at him, tries to pin him to the wall, and tries to take him out. I wonder for you whether you think that if you remove someone or something in your life, everything's going to flow okay. Put God first. Seek him first. And when we recognize what's happened to David, David didn't expect to have three, three spears thrown at him as he served and as he sacrificed for Saul and for the Lord. What do you not expect is going to happen in your life? We learn about the rhythm of life, don't we? And Solomon, who was uh, David's son, 
writes about the rhythm of life. See, so much happens that we don't expect. Things happen that you weren't expecting, and you could blame this person, you could blame that person, you could blame yourself, you could blame the environment, you could blame the world. But I'd really, really encourage you to try to understand about this rhythm of life, this rhythm of faith, this rhythm of connecting with God, this faithfulness, this consistency that we're called to, uh, to, to follow. And we see this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 to 11. And I, I love this particular uh, section of the Bible where Solomon is talking about there's a time for everything. And when you understand about expecting the unexpected, when you need to be comfortably uncomfortable and you try to understand what this means, that as I read this, that we can understand that there, there is a flow to life. There is a rhythm to life, but the, the rhythm to life is that you win and you lose and you're successful and, and you're not so successful. You move forward and you, 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 you stay still. People like you, people don't like you. People cheer for you, people then uh, uh, don't cheer quite so much. But find this rhythm to your life and live in this tension between the expected and the unexpected. You see, it's a place where we live. It's the place of faith. It's the place of connecting with God. It's that, this tension between expecting something and, and not expecting it to happen. It's this tension between Amazon Prime and not Prime. You know the day when you order something and it takes two days to arrive at your house? It's that tension, isn't it? Is it lost? Is it, is it not going to come? Is it not going to happen? Nowadays, people can't live without Prime. Imagine the days where things took a week to arrive. Do you remember those? It's that tension, isn't it, between the expected and the unexpected. We want things now. We want things immediately. And we want things in the way that we want them. Solomon understands about this rhythm to his life. And he talks about there being a different time for different things. And in Ecclesiastes 3, he talks about there being a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them in, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up. You can see the expectancy and the unexpected and see the rhythms of life that we all go through. A time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in his time and he has set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning of, of, of uh, the beginning to the end. You see, God has made everything beautiful in His time. There's an expectancy and an unexpectancy about life and the life that we live and the life that God is asking you to live. There's low days, there's high days, there's, there's blessing, there's times of waiting.
There's times when we pray and times when we press in, times when we see and hear wonderful miracles and the power of God at work. And there's other times when God is saying, I want you to wait. I want you to trust in me. And I want your confidence to be in me alone. David knew what this was. And David understood about the rhythms to his life. And David waited, didn't he? Uh, He waited for that moment to be king. And while Saul remained king, although David had been anointed as king, he waited for his moments. He waited for his opportunity. And he served and he sacrificed. And he was humble before the king. And all the king did was throw spears at him while he played the harp. And I was imagining the harp like this, but I think that's a violin. I think the harp is more of a sort of this type of instruments. But it might be something with the harp, and if you play the harp, I apologize. But the harp can be a, a, a really difficult instrument to play. And perhaps Saul had just had enough of David's worship of God. You see, what's happened in your life that you didn't expect? 30 years ago today, I went to Poland and I was doing some preaching. We were doing some street evangelism. We were doing some drama. And you know what? I didn't expect to come back dating the beautiful Jackie Herberts as she became Jackie Hall. I didn't expect that to happen. One of the girls on the trip said that I dated her because she had a nice white Volkswagen Polo. That really wasn't my motivation to go to Poland. My motivation was to go and serve the people of Poland, to serve the churches in Poland, and to evangelize on the streets of Poland. You see, what's happened in your life that you didn't expect? 2020, we were talking about 2020 vision, being the the year of outreach, being the year of vision, being the year of hope, the year of opportunity, No one predicted that we were going to lockdown. No one predicted that the pandemic would come. No one predicted that COVID-19 would kill 45,000 people in our nation and, and hundreds of thousands of people across the world. No one predicted, but in Christ, we can expect the unexpected. No one predicted what will happen in your life. No one predicted that the loved one would pass away. No one predicted that the job that you felt was secure, you you have now lost or you might lose. No one can predict these things. But in Christ, our safety, our strength, and our security is dependent on him and not the external circumstances of our world. How did you react to the unexpected? You know when something happens, when the curveball comes in, and that moment that someone phones you or emails you or speaks to you or something's lost that that you held on to for so long, how did you react? What was your reaction to the unexpected moments in the rhythm of your life? There is a God. There isn't a God. You see, God isn't the Argos catalogue. It's not that you buy him and everything works out fine for you. But with God, we put our faith and our trust and our hope and our confidence in him, no matter what happens. People say, I hope there's not a second spike, there's not a third spike, we're coming out of lockdown, people are getting closer, the virus could move around the nation, could move around the church, could move around the community. You know, God remains the same. 
It remains the same yesterday, today, and will remain the same forever. We put our trust and our hope and our confidence in him. You see, when the unexpected happens in your life, what do you do? Where do you go? Who do you speak to? We come to the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Our trust and our hope is in him. You see, God always remains the same. God will remain the same through the wars, uh, through the, the, the hunger that people experience throughout the world. God will remain the same in your life as he remains the same in my life. Jesus says, you should follow me. Jesus says, you should follow me. Jesus tells us that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come to the Father except through him. We're told that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. We're asked to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness and all of the things of life will be added to us. The expectant and the unexpectant. We're asked to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. I don't know whether you just think you can just press a button and everything works out fine. We're asked to do the, the hard things, the tough things, the difficult things in this life. We receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They equip us and enable us to do the things ordinarily we couldn't do. The blood of Jesus will purify us from all sin. And I want to just pop this in there at the end, that, that following Jesus isn't about singing. It's about a life of worship, a life of love, a life of service, and a life of sacrifice. So when you think that the unexpected is going to happen, the unexpected is going to happen. We're going to go through the unexpected, but you know what? We can hold on to him. We can focus on him. He, he will be with us every single moment of every single day. And I want to give you an opportunity as I come to a, a, a close to give your life to Christ. Because so often uh, we preach, so often I preach, so often I share, and you're sitting there, you're going, John, what do I do? What do I do in this moment? What do I do in this season? Well, I, I want to tell you what to do. You give your life to Christ. That's what you do. You, you might not have a job. You might be well. You might be ill. You might be tall. You might be short. You might be young. You might be old. It doesn't matter. You give your life to Christ. And there's three simple things that I always do. I'm a very simple guy. The first one is accept that you're a sinner. You'll have expected things and unexpected things all the way through your life, but accept that you're a sinner. So many people say, I'm not a sinner. I, I, I've never done anything wrong. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of what God's expected for us. Accept that you're a sinner. B is that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and see you commit your whole life to following him. I'm going to pray in a minute, but I've done something I don't normally do, and I'm quite nervous about this. I put my phone number on the screen, so take my phone number down. And if you, if you, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to give your life to Christ, and you're embarrassed, you're shy, you're worried, you're nervous, you're anxious, you don't know what to do, I want to send you this book. This book, I prayed a prayer through this book a long, long time ago. 
and I gave my life to Christ. And my life was never, ever the same again. And, and no expense spared. I want to send you a Bible as well. Uh, I don't get any commission on this, but this is going to help you. This is going to help you through the unexpected moments and rhythms of your life. And you will know to expect that Jesus Christ will be there. He'll be there with you. He'll be there helping you. He will be your Savior. He'll be your Lord. And one thing that you can expect when you give your life to Christ is one day you'll die and you're going to go to heaven and you can expect to be going to heaven. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to hand over to uh, Rachel and Matt. I'm just loving having uh, them in the building leading some worship. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't given your life to Christ, to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you now. I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I'm so sorry for not including you in my life. I thank you, Jesus, that you are my savior, that you died on the cross, that you took my sin on you so that I might be saved, so that my sin might be taken away and so that I might spend all eternity in heaven and that my life might be changed on this earth. Dear God, I now commit my life all the highs and lows and the different rhythms of my life, I commit my life to you. And I ask you that you will come and fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you will put your plans and your purposes in my life, and I may follow you all the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. And for his glory. Amen.